big scene made of Bangor. It depends what you're going after. I think if you looked at the simplicity of the game, and uh, I've always done it, and, and I always think that if I'm in trouble, when I used to coach at schools, and, and you know, and I did disability, women's, loads of different ages, Premier League players, and under eights, grassroots, you know, so I got quite a broad thing. Every time I'm struggling, if I put a game on, I get out of trouble. <laughs> always works. Never fails, right? I'll have a game. (laughs) So for me, there's some key elements. It's got to... And I think it was Brian McClare from Manchester United stood up and said, look, if it looks like football, it probably is. And you're more motivated. So good sessions are about, does does it look like football? If it is so remote, because you've got loads of cones all going around in circles, Mannequins. loads of, loads of instructions, some kids going, oh, this is boring. Well, some kids would do that, whatever you're doing, but so on and so forth. Then I'm thinking, it's not a starter. Goals, if you look at the integral thing of the game, it's got two goals, halfway line, and people go up and down the pitch. You know, so those integral realities, yeah, I've got to be present for me. And they've got to get puffed out. Kids got to get knackered. You know, I, I don't think, you know, people have, oh, you know, work in the physical corner, work there and all that. <laughs> so, no, just getting puffed out. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. You know, so my thing is, how real is it to the game? And if the kids came off the pitch, could most of them say, do you know what? I feel puffed out. I, I like that. Uh, yeah. I, I feel, I'm a bit knackered and I, I did, I was able to do what I'm good at. Not things I ain't very good at. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And you've got to have attackers and defenders. So these unopposed practices were fine, but just make sure you know why you're doing them. Mm. Are they linking the game, into the game? The game isn't unopposed. The game is... That's where the tactics come in. And you can't develop individual tactics about you're coming close to me. If I go here, what are you going to do? If I run here, if he comes with me... That's a different... If he stays where he is, all the thing about time and space, if he's not there. <laughs> so it's, it's, just, it's just logical that if you want individual tactics about the game, then you need to have defenders in it because you've got to have a reaction to what you do. If I stand still, what's he going to do? If I touch the ball out of my feet, he's quicker than me. Unlikely, but he's quicker than me. <laughs> he's quicker than me, Right? <laughs> And I want to get past him. Well, maybe I'll walk past him. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. But I have to work this out. I have to have options. Now, they're the tactics I'm talking about. Mm. Not 4-3-3. You can do that later. So it's more about, for me, positioning rather than position. Yeah. And is that, is that your thinking? There's a couple of things that, in terms of just, just that piece of conversation that's standing out for me. One your varied experience. So you talked about, I did under eight grassroots and I've worked with professionals who are now in the Premier League. Um, that has definitely stand, stood out for me and also what stood out for me is the position thing. And um, 
one, in regards to your varied experience, we talk about, you talked also about you did district team many, many years ago. How did that help you as a coach or as a, a coach educator or a developer or well, understanding I'll, kids? I'll give you a few examples and say like, I took the first, I took the first team, you know, bomb squad at, at Palace. Yeah. Uh, Popovich, Ben Watson, I think Routledge was in it. Yeah. You know, top players. Yeah. Popovich walked off. Walked off. <laughs> he said, and I, I realised I didn't hit the mark. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think Ben said to me, like, yeah, no, I really like, oh, and Rag, Raggy, uh, Rigolati was in there, Finnish lad. Yeah. He really liked it, but Popovich hated it. Yeah. He was a defender. Yeah. And Rigolati loved all these touches, and I was doing this whizzy bangy thing, and Popovich went, "It's not for me," and he went off. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so you learn. I went, oh, "Okay, no, he might be. He probably had enough. He did the first twenty minutes, and then thought, right, physically, I'm not doing any more." Yeah, get beat. He wasn't being. He, he, he wasn't being rude or anything. He was just like just left the building, right? I did it same with. Um, so I had to then go reflect and go crumbs. This was carnage. What am I going to do about it? Mm. You've got to fail. You know, you've got to fail and pick up the pieces. I did it with the amputee squad. I took the English, um, England amputee squad to the World Championships. Wow. And uh, the first, that's a baptism of fire, by the way. The first um, coaching session I did was one I would do with under 16 academy kids, bombed. Because they, they got different needs. Yeah. And I, it was horrendous. And I had to apologise. I said, lads, I, I was nowhere near the mark for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I changed. But if I hadn't had all the years of working with mixed ability kids at grassroots, working with Crystal Palace, if I hadn't had that in my locker, I wouldn't have been able to change. Mm -hmm. Now, you might say, well, you wouldn't have been in that position in the first place mm -hmm. to take the national, that disability. But I had to change. I had to change at Palace. I've had to do it when I took a grassroots team. I did it at St George's Park. Grassroots team in front of hundreds of coaches, or about 100 coaches, and it was, I, I weren't very good, because I got, I got it wrong. And I had to go and say, blimey. And my point is, the more varied your experience is, the more you're able to... Tap into it. Tap into experiences which mm. will... It's not a problem getting it wrong, so long as you reflect on it and get it better the next time. So that, I mean, all I'm, those examples. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening to those examples and I'm going. Do do, do coaches do coaches do that? And are coaches able to go? I mean, you do. I I do believe there are coaches in the environment that go, but you that go. Do you know what? I got that wrong today. You know, I yeah, need to be better for myself exactly. and for the for the group. No, and that coaches coaches are much much better at that. Now. Yeah, but there's still this bravado about like. I'm not, the... not admitting to the players saying lads I've got it or whoever you're dealing with yeah. I've got it horrendously wrong sorry yeah you know yeah. I didn't meet your needs didn't. yeah and that is for me where you build up loads of different experiences yeah taking different age groups maybe taking different um, uh, domains mm. like women and girls disabilities grassroots yeah you know, that's an unusual mix now mm. nowadays because mm. you either go one or the other. And that, that also, what's, what's rigging in my head as well, that that reflection process for coaches where they go, do you know what? 
I was, it wasn't quite right for me. Sometimes I hear coaches going, they weren't good enough today. They weren't good enough. And it almost leans into that kind of biasness that I always believe is amongst yeah. coaches where they go, the way that I see the game and the way that I believe it's supposed to be played, regardless of what I put on, if they don't get it right, then they're not good enough. Mm. I mean, is that is that something that's still within or is it out? Or? Yeah, I don't think... I don't think you should ever... Because if you should ever... Blame the players, mm -hmm. unless you're you're paying them three hundred thousand pounds a week. Yeah. yeah, no one should blame a kid, and I include eighteen year olds in there. Mm. If a session didn't work, because you, what are your expectations? Why? Mm. Why should it? It's just football. It should always work, and it never does because you've got them. But you should never blame the kid. You should always look at yourself. Mm. And if you can't do it, then get someone else to look at you. And one of the one of the things I think our coaches are much better at is drawing in uh, opinions from other people and yeah. saying, "Listen, could you have a look? What was that like? Mm. You know, who's your critical friend?" And I think coaches are much better at that now. Mm. Still not um, good enough to say, "Lads, you know, I apologise that that was nonsense, and I'll make sure I'm better than that." So I had to do that with the amputee squad. I had to sit them down and say, "I've got it wrong." but I will get it right for you next time. Mm. I promise you. Because I owed it to them. Mm. You know. Yeah. And, and, and the biases, that kind of unconscious bias that happens amongst, amongst, or not amongst coaches, but in environments. Mm. Are we better at that? Or are we not? Are you, I think, if you're talking about, are you relating to diversity and or just general unconscious diversity, well, abilities, you, potential versus performance? It's interesting, you know, you, you, unconscious bias at this particular time, particularly the FA, is related to diversity. Yeah, yeah, the new strategies come out. Yeah, but the unconscious bias I think you're referring to is, is like, you know, we 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 see big kids. You know, say big centre half, and go, yeah, can do that. We don't even enter our heads that he could be really clever. Yeah, yeah, but we don't attribute to that. He's fast. He's quick. He's fast. He's quick. Yeah, yeah. So let's take all the decisions away from him. I get the idea. You know, so let's use his strengths. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't understand that actually he's a clever. He's clever, really clever. But for us, he could do this job. Yeah, so on and so forth. I think there is unconscious biases all over the place. And I think that starts with recruitment. Mm -hmm. When you get kids in the building in the first place. And if you refer it, if you, if you take it to the, the diversity and stuff like that, how many, um, uh, how many black number 10s are there? Yeah, we did have that conversation, didn't we? Why is that? Why is that? Why yeah. is this, you know, is it, Why? Yeah. And someone I know someone who might be listening to this will ring you up and go, oh, I know one. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you get my point. It's disproportionate. It's disproportionate. It's disproportionate. And proportionate to wide players and, and fast yeah. wide players. Yeah. So that's still, I think that starts. Uh, For start, the recruitment. It start school. You know, school teachers who don't know any better say, oh, he's quick. He's better go out. And, or kids in the playground saying, oh yeah, you know, because they want to be, you know, if, if you're fast, you, you want to show that off, won't you? 
but it's the adult responsibility to tap into the other strengths they've got mm. or develop them develop them yeah. find them no, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it still happens. Listen, no bones about it. Um, in regards to the biases and believing that certain attributes are affiliated to certain areas and not understanding the child first. Yes, there's environments that do it well in regards to recruitment. It gets to find out about the person, their traits, and it and it also and it almost I think it taps into sort of the values and beliefs of both the club. And the coach as well, because sometimes that can conflict where a coach um, has their own values and beliefs about a certain way and certain things in terms mm. of formations, yeah. player positions, way of, playing, yeah. way of playing and what that looks like. And you can get a contrast of different things in one environment where I always believe if the philosophy or culture of the club is strong, then it supersedes all that stuff in regards to the biases of individuals. Mm. Um but yes, yeah, something that, that is very interesting to me. I think it links into uh, people going to play 11 v 11 quite early on. Yeah. You know, if you've got kids playing, and I describe it as a developing a court mentality. Mm. You know, if you're playing, say, futsal, yeah, you pretty much roam all over the place, yeah? So if you're fast, you have to be technical. You have to be technical. Yeah, because yeah? the game demands it. Yeah. So if we play more 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s, maybe those biases will just start to soften a bit because these kids will be full, it would be showing that you'd be on the ball more, there'd be more sort of, a, you'd develop more of a court mentality. The moment you go 11v11, it falls right into that positional trap. Mm. Yeah? And kids now, and I, I, I you know, I, Put a tweet out once a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I can't think of what to say otherwise. But put out once about numbers, shirt numbers. Yeah, I saw you know, that. And people, you know, and I, 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 if you want midfield players to be uh, flexible and move all over the place, then don't give them a number four shirt. Because yeah. they'll live up to that number. 100%. And you, you see it all the time. See it all the time. So... Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's little tricks like that would be really important. But we, if we develop a court mentality, it takes out the um, it takes out the biases a little bit because you've all got to be technical, mm. right? And I know you say, well, hang on, what about the kid who's who's going to be six foot two and he's not technical and he can still make a living out of game? Yeah, fine, mm. right? But you still play five aside. And I think, you know, what happens is 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 when we go to eleven aside and particularly with older kids. We, we stop seeing the value of 4v4s, 5v5s, 6v6s, futsal for 18-year-olds. It's brilliant for their... You see what I mean? Short touches, loads of movement. So it's linked into the games they play, and you training. See, and it's it's probably so ingrained now, you hear it for the young people, because when you say to them what position you play, especially amongst the central area of the pitch, they go... I'm a defensive, I'm a DM or I'm an AM, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, a 10 or I'm is. a 6, I'm a 4. It's, it's interesting how it's so ingrained now and they believe I that's get, the things yeah, that they want I to hear. Bit, yeah, I get a bit annoyed with it now. If a kid says, I'm a CDM, I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I know what it is. I said, what is it? And he went, central defensive midfielder. <laughs> I went, what's one of them? Yeah, no, what do they do? Yeah, but I think, I think that, um, I go back to my point about teaching the kids positioning rather than positions too early and in a court mentality 
And that's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Latin countries, um, you know, they play with a court mentality. You know, keep the ball, lots of movement. Loads of small courts on the pitch. Yeah, basketball, yeah. futsal, that sort of stuff. You yeah. know, it's, it's quite, and it's this court mentality. Yeah. A lot of little small pockets, yeah. Uh, and it's it's interesting in regards to the national teams, the, the the young boys, not all of them, but the young boys that are coming through probably based start from a court mentality. Yeah. Um, and another thing, if you're running a grassroots club or anyone, you know, and you've got, you know, what could be better than, you know, it's obvious that if you play, if you've got sixteen players and you t- play two games, yeah, rather than one then each kid on each side will get more touches of the ball. Mm. So he's going to have more fun. Cool. You just you just get the blend. I just think that people don't... St- complicated stop. again. It gets becomes complicated. Yeah, back to, to the, the start. I'd like to play football, please. Yeah, and I'd like <laughs> to touch the ball as often as possible. How are we going to do that? One ball between 22 and your 11 might be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get three touches. you get three just if know. you're lucky. I mean, you t- you touched on it a little bit in regards to the diversity thing, and it probably um, and we talked about the, the kind of strategy that's come out from the, from the FA, the new strategy amongst trying to develop more diverse culture within the game. Mm. Is that is it too far gone now, or no, is it is there still lots of work to be done? Or, work will that help? Will that even help? Yeah. Well, Paul, Paul Elliott and, and his team, and yeah. You know, you, it's just come out in the press. Isn't yeah, it? The yeah. Forty clubs have signed up for that. Yeah, yeah, that's half. So there is work to be done. Yeah, seventy-two clubs, aren't there? <laughs> There's ninety-two football league clubs. Oh yeah, yeah, ninety-two. That's less than half. Yeah. So it answers your question. Of course, there's loads of work to be done. Yeah. The key is, is, is that we shouldn't wait for Black History Month mm. to put this top of the agenda. Yeah. You know, that's. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally understand. And it should be in people's psyche all the time, mm. you know, about uh, unconscious bias, diversity. Why haven't we got, uh, okay, take BAME, fine, but let's take black and Asian coaches. Mm. Why aren't there more hirers and firers? Mm. You know, in, in other words, there's not many coaches who, Wh- which who I believe to this who've been hired or fired by a black or Asian person. Mm. Now, they're the ones who get them to decision-making, get them into the decision-making places. Mm. Otherwise, it's... The boardrooms, the academy managers... How many the owners, so on. Owners, yeah. Knock-on effect, yeah. so on and so forth. So there's stacks of work to be done. But the, but the government realise there's stacks of work to be done in all industries. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if you took pockets and and there's loads of pockets of excellence in the professional game grassroots whatever you take what's happening at QPR and what Chris Ramsey's doing you know, yeah you know it's a magnificent example of diversity. diverse he's community he's got Manisha Taylor who's a who's a Asian woman yeah head of foundation phase foundation phase 100%. and, and uh, does a lot of bullying and stuff like that and, and well recognised mental health as well mental health yeah. well recognised and people say oh Chris, you're brave to, you know, employ something brave. Why am I brave? Why do you have to be brave to employ a, a, an Asian woman to be in the foundation phase? She's a coach and a very good one. Mm. It's not brave. That's called recruitment. <laughs> and I think that <laughs> I think the diversity and inclusion thing is is more about um, it's more about such a waste of talent. Mm. If you looked at talent ID, 
what a waste of talent there is. That's why I want to see more black number 10s. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense. No sense to me. That, that simple example is just an illustration of some um, bias, bias somewhere. Yeah. You know, and, and people might argue, as I said, but it's just an example. But... Come on, man. I know, I, know, I, know, I know 40 clubs have signed up and as part of the strategy and, and great as a starting point. Um, it will be interesting to me, I haven't read the document in full, so um, I, I might be wrong, but it will be interesting if they don't follow the requirements to, to, to meet the strategy, what then happens? Do we just go, do, do people just go, well, okay, you, you didn't do this year, try and do it next year, you didn't do it next year. Try and do it the year after. Does it? Does it? And and then what then happens in terms of a negative effect of clubs that are not meeting the requirements to support the strategy? Do they then go? Well, as it well, actually, then I don't want to be part of it. If you're going to criticize and scrutinize me in that way, then I'm not part of it. I just I always wonder how how is it enforced? Who governs it? Who? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not party to how they're reinforcing it and I, yeah. I, I'm not privy to the information yet and I'm sure we all will be but you, I, I, I'm a bit low to say you cannot have working towards <laughs> I love that term do you know what I mean what's that mean <laughs> oh it means I'll do it later <laughs> yeah. I'm working towards no you're not you're either doing it or you ain't yeah you know and, and I think that that's the, what you're getting at mm. you know let, let's have some let's have some distinct thing if you sign up for this thing it's then done you're signing up it's done yeah yeah you're not signing up to work towards and we'll have a go and we'll try this and if it don't work for us we'll do this this and this mm. so i'm sure the, the team and and everyone's hearts and uh, are in the right place and there's a dedicated absolutely dedicated team that want to sort of make this happen yeah but you're right it's the it's just like the covid thing you know yeah. Oh, I might wear a mask or I might not. <laughs> well, no, you're doing it or you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that otherwise you're just paying lip service to it. Yeah, which, yeah, is, all, is, also, is happening. I have to say the diversity and thing, and I, I, I'm on a working group and we discuss it every Friday and it's really good. But is uh, diversity and inclusion included in the audit process for clubs? Yeah, E Triple B. Yeah, E how much is it included in that? And in fairness, they're tucking into that big time. Good. So, look, yeah, that would be fantastic because the lads that run the audit thing really keen to, to don't, put that in there. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's one of these things where we go, I mean, I'm a black man, yeah, yeah. probably middle to late ages now in regards to development or being in an environment. But definitely you look around, especially I'm a London boy, um, and you look at the academies and you go, wow. In regards to the young people in the academies, you're probably talking about that BAME is probably, in most academies, 60%, mm. if not more. Mm. Um, and you go and you watch some teams, but then in regards to the representation of the adults in the environment, you go, it's, 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 it's strange because the role models for them is difficult in some sort. And I'm not saying you can't get role models in every aspect, but I'm saying the direct role models for them is, is a little bit difficult. Um, and I just wonder, but also there's the same, in the same breath, you do get a lot of coaches that say black and BAME coaches that probably don't want, they just want to be recognised for being, like what you said, good coaches. Mm -hmm. A coach first or a, a professional or a, a good 
med part of the medical team or a good part of any team. So it is one of those strange situations where where's the balance? Where do you get the balance right? And it's probably been difficult and why it hasn't been right for for a while now. But uh, I think I think the the representation thing is really important because if you're in Cornwall, yeah, yeah, you know, the rules are slightly different. Hundred percent. You know, uh, if you're in, so, you know, I, I get that, but it, it has to be representative, and that's where, that's where the target. You know, you, are you representative of the population of of players and so on and so forth? Is mm. that word representative, mm. or are you not? I think that's 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 a big thing. Part three out soon. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Thanks.